All right, church, we are wrapping up our time in Acts, and really it's, it's sad, it's, it's exciting at the same time to, to just have gone through the entire book. Uh, we believe in expository preaching here. We go verse by verse. At times we go uh, a, a big chunk at a time. Sometimes we slow it down in just a few verses at a time. Uh, but regardless, we gather together to exalt the name of Jesus by the proclamation of his word. And we believe that is best done in expository preaching. Um, here's how I look at it. I'm not the most creative mind, but I don't have to be because God's given us his word. And when we go verse by verse, we're learning and we're growing together. Amen, church? That's what we ought to be doing. So if you all would, you can go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 28. We're going to be picking up in verse 11 this morning. Does anybody have their Acts scripture journal? It's the final week. All right. Nelson, you got yours, right? Where's he at? Oh, you guys have to ask him. He might be running home right now. He was very disappointed. He did not bring his Acts Scripture Journal on the very last day. It is pretty disappointing, right, to, to not do that. I remember when I was in high school, uh, we, a lot of us forgot our yearbooks uh, the last day of school. And it's like, oh, no. And it's like, ah, oh, well, I guess. <laughs> like in the moment, you're kind of like disappointed at the end of the day. Like you still have the yearbook and you still know the people. If you want it signed, you can get it signed kind of thing. But we're wrapping up here and it's just been, I hope, hopefully to you all, it's been an encouraging journey to see how the, the early church started. After Jesus' resurrection, it didn't end. And it, it even today continues by gospel expansion through even the local church here, New Hill, right? That we are to go and to proclaim the kingdom of God to all of creation, calling them to faith and repentance in Christ Jesus. This is, this is our duty. It's like the number one obligation as a believer. Glorify God, and, and we do that primarily through the proclamation of God's word, calling sinners to faith in Jesus. And through that, God is drawing people to himself. It's been beautiful to see this. This is when you read Acts, church planting cannot be denied. Multiplication cannot be denied. Are we making disciples that are going to make disciples? You see, we, we like to think of, of like little chores as, as, as people, things that we've got a list to do. Our five-year-old now just wants this list of things to do so that she can get to the, the money items, right? We're talking about like, these are your chores. This is what you have to do as a, being part of the Meadows family. And then after you do that, we've got some things that you can do for money. She wants this list, right? Like I've been talking about this list and she wants this list. That's what we love to do, right? We love to have like a little bit of a list. Even if you're not an organizational kind of person, it's good to have that in front of you. This is what needs done. And it's so easy for us as Christians to become lackadaisical in our efforts of proclaiming the kingdom of God because it, it doesn't seem like we're seeing the streets of gold yet and we're not seeing heaven here on earth yet. But the kingdom of God is very active today, and our main point as we look at this text is that the kingdom of God is to be a priority. The kingdom of God is to be a priority to us. As believers, this is something we are supposed to do. And we're coming out of the, the first ten verses where um, Paul, and even the, the end of chapter 27, is, is reminding us of this good truth from the Scripture. Luke, in pinning this down, is, was telling us that we need to believe in the promises of God. We see promise after promise from the end of 27 to 28, and even all of the Scriptures and all of our life experience prove the promises of God to be true. That's why in Romans 1 it says that those who are apart from God suppress that truth. That means that they see that truth, and it's so undeniable that they have to do something like suppress it. 
And then we come here to this close of Acts, proclaiming the kingdom of God. Because church, it is to be a priority to us and for us forevermore. Before we go any further, church, let's be in an attitude of prayer. Father, we uh, thank you for your promises. We thank you that your word stands true. Even this past week, after reading from your word last Sunday, I'm sure there were moments where we wished we would have remembered your promises. We would have been faithful to remember and be obedient according to your promises, according to your word, but we had fallen short. We find assurance of our forgiveness in Christ Jesus on the cross, and we come to you this morning seeking more truth from your word, seeking to be edified, seeking to be sanctified by your spirit into the likeness of your son Jesus, our Savior, our Lord. And as we wrap this, this time up in Acts, God, I pray that it would, it would not have become stale to us. God, that we would be reminded of the urgency to go and to proclaim the kingdom of God to all of creation, those who are a part of a kingdom of wrath and despair. God, that we would go and we would be a light, we would be salt in their world while they're here, while their ears may be, be just, just waiting to hear the gospel because your spirit is drawing people. God, that we would be faithful to go, to be active. When we're tired, that we would find rest in you and perseverance in you. We would continue on. God, I pray right now that you would lay it on our hearts so heavily that it cannot be denied from your word that the kingdom of God was at hand, is at hand, and is to come in its fullness, and may we proclaim it until the day you come or the day you take us home. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. The kingdom of God absolutely must be a priority for Christians. First off, what is the kingdom of God, right? A lot of us, this is something, it just seems so simple, right? Like, if your kids are in Big's class, this is a question that they're going to be asked, right? What is it? Simply put, you know, if, if you do some studies, like, like I had done this past week, just, just trying to look for the most basic definition, right? Simply put, it's the kingdom where God reigns, right? If you have a kingdom, right? I like to think 304 East Union Street's where I live, uh, it's, it's on like the, the church app. If you're on that, then you've got it, so I'm not afraid to share it. If you're new here, then come on over. Just don't knock on my door, right? Like not after hours. That's um, when I'm just I'm trying to hang out and play some video games or read a book, do something uh, I want to do, right? But like that to me is like my kingdom, right? If I say Michael's kingdom, you all don't think like, oh, this is Michael's kingdom, right? You don't think the, the Toyota RAV4 in the parking lot's my kingdom. Like, no, that, that's my throne at home, right? I used to go over and hang out uh, with, with Gary. He used to invite me over for pay-per-views. There was one last night you watched wrestling, and I didn't get invited to that one. I don't know what happened. But when you would go over there, you knew where, where Gary's throne was, right? Is that one recliner. I mean, you just, you sat in it like you owned it. You didn't just pay for it, but you owned it, brother. And like that, that was your throne and your kingdom, right? It was, it was his home. And there's something that resonates with us with that. But with the kingdom of God, it is the kingdom where our King Jesus, the King of Kings, reigns forever. And Pastor Mark um, defines the kingdom of God this way. It's God's people and God's place under God's rule. That's an already, not yet kind of thing. Amen, church? That means that, that now we experience it, we are a part of it, we are citizens of it, and our allegiance is to it. But we will not see it in its fullness until Christ comes back. 
And even go back to the Old Testament and you get signs and you get pictures, right? You get types of the one and to come. There was always this, this glimpse of the kingdom of God and how beautiful being in the new covenant that we get to see it living out. And there's even more to come. How beautiful. More thoroughly, it is the kingdom that came with Christ's earthly ministry and will be fully revealed at his second coming. See, Christ's church is reigning now, but the kingdom will be fully established later and already not yet kind of thing. The kingdom of God is to be a priority for us. John 18, 36, Jesus says this, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from the world. Jesus arrived on the scene and immediately, hey, you're going to take over our enemy, right? We've been in, in exile. We've been, we've been captive all these years. Jesus, you know the Old Testament. Now we're under Rome's authority, and we just have no freedom. here. Jesus, you're going to take over. You're going to be our political leader. He says, I'm going to establish a kingdom, and it will be on this earth, right? I'm going to restore all things, but this is not the time. My kingdom is not of this world. Revelation eleven fifteen, the things to come, right? Church, things that we have to long for. Says this, then the seventh angel blew his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. What a good word, what a good reminder of the hope that we still have to come. Things that we still have to see. See, church, the kingdom of God is a core theme throughout all of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. Things that have passed, things that are passing, and things that will come to be. The kingdom of God has always been a theme throughout the Scriptures in Old Testament as it gives types of the kingdom to come, just like that of the kingdom ruled and reigned by King David, who was a type of the one to come, reigning in a type of place that is to come, church. So as we think about this, the kingdom of God being a priority, I want us to, to look at really two applications here. And that's that the kingdom of God is our home and it is our hope, church. The kingdom of God is our home and it is our hope. So if we're going to make it a priority, we must understand these applications. Like if you want to know how good and important the kingdom of God is, Think of it in these two ways, that it's your home and it's your hope. Those are two things that when you look at, you look at those words and you're like, how can I not be excited about that? A non-believer would be excited about the idea of hope. What am I hoping in? A lot of us are excited, even if you're not a homebody, you're excited about your home. A lot of you all are excited about your citizenship in America, and that's cool, right? But above all things, above my home on 304 East Union Street, above my social security card that tells me, my birth certificate that tells me my place and citizenship, is my home in the kingdom of God. So first off, it's your home. Understand this too, with, with the priority of the kingdom of God, it was Jesus' first and last message. It was the apostles' first and last message. We open up Acts talking about and proclaiming the kingdom of God we open up the ministry of Jesus proclaiming the kingdom of God and ending with the kingdom of God. Church, it is our home. 
and it should be of the utmost importance in our life. Verse 11 of Acts chapter 28 says this, After three months we set sail in a ship that had wintered in the island, a ship of Alexandria, with the twin gods as a figurehead. Putting in at Syracuse, we stayed there for three days. And from there we made a circuit and arrived at Regium. And after one day, a south wind sprang up. And on the second day, we came to Putinoli. There we found brothers and were invited to stay with them for seven days. And so we came to Rome. And the brothers there, when they heard about us, came as far as Forum of Appius and three taverns to meet us. On seeing them, Paul thanked God and took what church? Courage. And when we came into Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier who guarded him. So you get this journey, right? We, we saw earlier for uh, a chapter and a half, for two chapters, um, the journey across the sea, and they were in the storm, right? But they were promised safety, and they're finally on land, right? Like it just feels like this is the home stretch. Like you even look, in, and scholars talk about this in uh, verses uh, 13 or 14, and so we came to Rome, and then it says in uh, 16, and when we came to Rome. So it's like almost like Luke jumps the gun, but he's like pretty much saying like it's as good as gold, right? Like we're off the sea, we're onto the land, we're on our road there. But something that shouldn't be missed is this brotherhood to those who are brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, right? Because it's not simply a home, right? It's not simply a citizenship. It is a family that we are adopted into the family of God, and those who are a part of the family of God are resident citizens of the kingdom of God. And those who are citizens of the kingdom of God should love and care and serve those who are citizens of the kingdom of God. Over and over we see this, that God is uniting those who have many differences in life from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, whatever it might be. Even in our same town, white folks who have different backgrounds and interests, and he's bringing them together, united on the gospel, to love and to serve one another and advance his kingdom here on earth. And Paul wrote to Rome earlier than this. Actually, Paul, at the end of Acts, will eventually be let out of his imprisonment. He'll go on for a few more journeys and have a second imprisonment where he will become a martyr for the gospel. But he had wrote to these brothers and sisters, that's where we get this very lofty, very personal, very deep and theologically rich book called Romans. It's his epistle, right? His letter to the church and believers in Rome. And we come here, he's finally on his way to Rome. And look at the excitement that brothers and sisters have for brothers and sisters of the gospel. That he's on his way to Rome, and they meet him along the way. It says, from there we made a circuit and arrived. After one day south wind sprang up, came to this place. There we found brothers and sisters and were invited the same with them. We came to Rome, and the brothers there, when they heard about us, came as far as form of Appius and three taverns to meet us. You can look on a map, and we're talking a long journey that they came to meet Paul. Like, just jumping. We can't wait to see you, Paul, so much so that we know that you're going to be here in a day or so, but we're going to meet you where you are. I don't know if you all are impatient like me, but I follow my UPS tracking all the time. 
and they've got this terrible feature that allows you to, like, go and get it at, at the store, right? Like, for you people who can't wait. I remember when Aubrey and I were engaged, I had a, a guitar coming. And I, like, called him. I was like, hey, 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 can, I know that it's there and you all are going to deliver it today, but can I come get it, like, now? And it's, like, 6 a.m. They're like, if you really want to come here and get it, we can, like, not put it on the truck to be delivered to you in three hours. I was like, yes, that. I'm like, I know that it said free shipping, and I technically paid for it somewhere, but I cannot wait. I'm so excited to get this guitar, right? I'm so ecstatic, and Aubrey's just like, you are crazy. Like, let's just go get breakfast, and it'll be here. And I'm like, I don't have time for breakfast. This is exciting. And some of you all are laughing because you've been there, right? And, like, you realize, like, yeah, it took longer to get it. Because I went there, and it was, like, still, like, being in transit, and, like, they had to do some things. I had to go to my car. That excitement should be the same excitement we have for our brothers and sisters, for our missionaries overseas, for, for those who are evangelizing in our town, that we should be so excited to hear of what God is doing in them and through them for his glory and the good of God's people. Because the kingdom of God is to be a priority. And when we see brothers and sisters, we should see the kingdom of God. When people see us, do they see the kingdom of God, church? Because it is to be a priority. That through our word and through our deed, we would be proclaiming the gospel message. And that gospel message elevates the kingdom of God as a priority. That those who were once separated from God by their own volition by their own sin nature that we're born with can be reconciled to the Father by the work of Christ Jesus on the cross. Therefore adopted into the family and given a citizenship in heaven. The kingdom of God is to be a priority. Philippians 3 verses 17 through 21. Now remember this. These are, these are uh, a group of people that Paul has been trying to encourage all this time. And it's even more encouraging when you realize that this is a prison epistle. And Paul is writing this from a very dark place but giving much encouragement. He says this. Brothers, join me. Join in imitating me. And keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in what, church? heaven and from it we await a savior the lord jesus christ who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to be subject to all things to himself even to subject all things to himself Paul reminds them that despite everything all these circumstances that this world and this life presents all these trials all this persecution, that those who are persecuting says their end is destruction, their God is their belly, their glory is their shame with minds set on earthly things. Because church, our eyes are not to be set on earthly things. That's the difference. When you've heard preachers talk about for decades that, that you shouldn't be worldly, it's not that you can't go and live in the world. It's that we shouldn't go and live like the world. 
Because the kingdom of God is to be a priority. And those who are citizens of the kingdom are not to elevate anything above it. Nothing. And if we're being honest here, we can look at this past week and realize that, that we've not made the kingdom of God a priority. And we've made much more things more important than our citizenship in heaven. You see, some of us are, are a part of groups and, and we love America and we're, we're freedom fighters, as they say. And that's great. But has that taken priority over the kingdom? Now, this is not to say, it has. It's to say, what do you think? This is to say, maybe we've making, made our home at 304 East Union Street or whatever your address is, we've made that our actual kingdom, and we're not willing to get out and to proclaim the kingdom because we're so comfortable in our earthly kingdom that we're not telling people about the gospel. So it's actually not our discomfort that should be concerning or should be, should be addressed and say, hey, take heart, believe in this word, that those who are persecuting you, their kingdom is this earth. But some of us need to hear, hey, you need to wake up because guess what? Revelation says that there is no lukewarm Christian. Is the kingdom of God a priority? R.C. Sproul says this, just as Philippi was a Roman colony, the church is a colony of heaven. Listen to that. Just as Philippi, this is the church that he was writing to, the Philippians, right? Just as they were a Roman colony, the church is a colony of heaven. Although presently at a great distance, physically speaking, from the heavenly city where the redeemed can see the Lord reigning over all creation and glory, the followers of Jesus already belong to that city which defines their identity and eternal privileges. It's so hard, church. I'll tell you that, but it's not impossible. When we do not yet see the streets of gold, but we see people protesting on the square over things that we just can't wrap our head around, life, and we're like, come, Lord Jesus, come. We don't get this. We don't understand and then we start to just, just become weary. We become heavy burdened. And instead of turning to Christ, instead of longing for his return and fellowshipping with believers who are hopefully going through the same thing, we begin to neglect and deprioritize the kingdom of God. See, why is it important? Why is this all important, church? Because when our eyes become more focused on our identity and Christ and our home that is in heaven made for us for eternity, we can overcome the struggles of this world and the burdens of this world. That when life presents just all this crud, that we can look and we can say our citizenship is in heaven. And though we cannot yet see it in its fullness, it is coming. Because what did we talk about last week? God's promises stand true. See, each week is not a standalone message. It's a build on one another. This is expository preaching. This is why it's important. Look at that word and then come here to where the kingdom of God is prioritized. Remember that the promises stand true. We know when we focus on the cross of Christ, when we focus on the home he has made for us, when we focus on what it means to be in the kingdom of God. You know what is so beautiful? To be a citizen means you have, been, you have been redeemed. 
You have been reconciled. To be a citizen is not just to have a piece of paper. It's to hear the words to Telestai, that it is paid in full and it rings true. I have a home and I have been reconciled to the Father because of the finished work of Christ on the cross. We have to prioritize the kingdom of God because, church, we have been made citizens of it. We don't get to choose our citizenship. It's not like it's just going to come later. You are now or you are not. Like right now, if you're a believer, you already are. Just waiting for the keys. Specifically here in Acts, we see the church united together on the gospel message and on the prioritization of the kingdom of God. They were so excited to hear what Paul had done. He would wrote this very rich letter to them, and they just could not wait to meet him. That, Like that UPS package, we got to go. Let's go meet him on the road, love him, and serve him because the kingdom of God is that important. It's uniting not just a kingdom to us, but a kingdom to God's people. We together, church, if you're in Christ and Christ in you, we will be together in eternity for all of eternity, worshiping and praising our Savior. To him alone be the glory forever and ever. The kingdom is not just for me, no. Romans 14, 7 says, For none, for none of us lives to himself, and no, none of us dies to himself. For if we live we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Together, collectively, in Christ Jesus, we are his. Together. It's not like I'm Jesus's and you all are the stepkid. No, we've all been redeemed and purchased by the blood of Jesus. If we've repented and believed, then we can proclaim that truth. We belong to God. Be reminded of this good truth that we together belong to God and it is our home and it should be prioritized. Therefore, we ought to love one another. Look out for one another. Like if you see a brother or sister stepping into sin, let me tell you something from experience, both on the receiving end and the giving end of this, it's not going to be comfortable. It's never comfortable when my wife comes up and tells me that I'm doing something wrong, right? Like we just started a bathroom project this past week and we're almost done by the grace of God. I'm learning my strengths and my many, many weaknesses, right? Like the details, let her do it, right? You can do all the difficult work along the wall. Some of you are like, you give her the difficult work? Yeah. She's picky and attentive to detail for sure. And I know that we're not going to argue if that's the case. I've had a lot of uncomfortable conversations. I've talk to people, most importantly, church, about sin. I've had people talk to me about sin. Not just preference, but sin. And it never feels good. But you know what? It is for the glory of God and the reconciliation of God and his people. Because the kingdom of God should be a priority. And when we do those things, we are making it a priority as such. Because citizens of the kingdom of God cannot live like citizens of the kingdom of earth. The two do not mesh. Spend time with one another. Prioritize summer chills because in doing so, it's prioritizing the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is all about fellowship as well. That God is, is wanting to be with his creation and fellowship with us for all of eternity. That's what's so nasty when we look and we see people denying the gospel is that they're denying their creator and the fellowship they were created for. Be excited for one another. Um, that person is just so firm on their belief, it's annoying. 
Have you seen them on Facebook? They stand for something. Like, I may not agree with everything all of you post, and you may not agree with everything that I post on Facebook. You know what I love? When a brother or sister finds a conviction in the Scripture, and they stand by it. And they share it. Be excited. Don't let those little differences like, let you lose your excitement for what God is doing in and through our brothers and sisters. Care for our missionaries. Help our missionaries. Meet our missionaries. Because, church, the kingdom of God is our hope, not just our home. Second application here. It is our hope. We long for the day that Jesus comes back and restores all things. I will never forget the moment... Uh, when, when Gary and I, and I don't remember who else was there when we were doing the podcast that one day, and we started talking about the kingdom and, and how it's actually coming to earth. And, and I think we were talking about uh, all of our traveling people. That's what got the conversation started, people going to New Zealand and Italy. And we were like, we're just going to save our money because guess what? God's going to restore all things, and we'll be able to travel and see all these things, right? Because he's going to restore it, Right? And I don't have to travel these places with, like, passports and uh, this card and vaccination credit. I just go, right? Because we're gonna, everything's going to be restored. And I remember thinking about that. And I'm like, wow, how beautiful that God is, is restoring something. You want to talk about a comfort level here? He's restoring the things that we see now, and he's going to make it better. All of the brokenness and fallenness of this world will be restored. Church, not just us, not just our souls, but all of creation. It is our hope. Our hope is not simply in the kingdom, but also Christ who reigns and rules over it. The kingdom is his place. He is the king. He reigns and rules forevermore. In the fullness of the kingdom is the fullness of the gospel, church. All things being restored and placed back into order, the way that it was created to be. This is our hope, and this is our message. Look at Paul in verse 17. After three days, he called together the local leaders of the Jews, and when they had gathered, he said to them, Brothers, though I had done nothing against our people or customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. When they had examined me, they wished to set me at liberty because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. But, the, but because the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, though I had no charge to bring against my nation. For this reason, therefore, I have asked to see you and speak with you since it is because of the hope of Israel that I am wearing this chain." And they said to him, we have received no letters from Judea about you, and none of the brothers coming here has reported or spoken any evil about you. But we desire to hear from you what your views are, for with this regard, for regard to this sect, we know everywhere it is spoken against. So Paul comes in thinking that word got around. Remember, Paul's journey should have been a little bit shorter. He's being sent away, and they still couldn't beat him on foot. For whatever reason, they just stopped. And we really know the reason. Because it wasn't going to hold up in court. Paul was not trying to overthrow the Roman government. He was trying to point people to Christ. And Christians go out and live with their worldview, go and vote with a Christian worldview. They do those things. But Paul's mission was not to overthrow Caesar. It was to point people to Jesus, and Jesus changes everything about us, even the way that we vote. But his mission was not to overthrow the Roman Empire. As evil and as corrupt as it was, He 
tells him, he says, I, I was free, but because of the Jews, I felt compelled to go on and do this. Church, just a little small minor application here. If you ever consider leaving this church, right, like this is not a threat. This is if you have a problem with doctrine, if it's a preference thing and like we, we talk about it and whatever, it's fine. Um, we, we think you should stay. But if it's a doctrinal thing, don't just leave without talking about it. Like if you believe something here is being so taught that's so damnable that people are going to go to hell for believing it, don't just leave. There are souls in here that Christ has saved, and they also need to be made aware. And my point from the text here is that they didn't think it was so significant to send ahead to the leaders of the Jews in Rome. Not just political leaders, but the church. That they had no idea that Paul was coming or whatever was going on. They'd heard about this sect and heard that it was disagreed about. But they didn't know about Paul's teaching. That, that what was so heretical about it. So this is my just encouragement. If you ever feel compelled and there's a doctrine, let's talk about it. But never just leave everybody in the dark, right? We would never want to leave one another like, uh, I can't stand it, but I'm not even going to tell anybody how bad this is. No, it's bad. That's why we call people out. That's why your pastors seem so mean sometimes. But it's because we care about you all because the kingdom of God is to be a priority. It's our home and it is our hope. So we don't let anything get in the way of that. We preach this truth. It's our hope. So what's he do? They say that we've heard, in regard to the sect, we know everywhere it is spoken against. Paul is courageous and speaks of this hope that we have of the kingdom because of the king. Verse 23. When they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in greater numbers. From morning till evening he expounded to them, testifying to the knowledge of or to the kingdom of God, and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. Paul preaches, he proclaims this hope of the gospel that sinners are reconciled to God through Christ Jesus. This is what he's been on trial for all along is the resurrection of the dead and the reconciliation of the dead to God. And they don't like it. They're conflicted. It says some were convinced, others disbelieved. And he's courageous to keep on pressing. And in doing so, he's showing that it is his hope. And in doing so, he's showing that it is to be a priority, this kingdom of God, which we are citizens to and aligned with. Verse 25, and disagreeing among themselves. They have this disagreement literally among themselves. We see this over and over. What's Paul do? They departed after Paul had made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet. This is probably... Very, very stern to them, church. He says this. Go to this people and say, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, let it be known to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. 
they will listen. If you want to talk about, all right, while you all are divided, let me just go ahead and throw one more truth bomb because this kingdom of God is to be prioritized because it is our home and it is our hope and there's nothing Paul's going to do to back down from it. He's already traveled all the way across the sea to get here and to stand firm on this because Christians, those who are citizens of the kingdom, are to be courageous. It is our hope. We are to be bold in our witness. And he says that to them. This is Old Testament scripture. It is about you. Therefore, let it be known to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. Not just to the Jews, but to the Gentiles. The gospel is expanding and is exploding and reconciling all types of sinners to Christ. How beautiful is the gospel. How beautiful is this kingdom that should be prioritized, both in our our devotion and in our doctrine, that in every bit of doctrine that we learn, that we would see the kingdom of God and how beautiful it is and how meaningful it is and how active it is right now and how we are to go and to proclaim it. Just like John the Baptist. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Church of Jesus is is coming back. Are we telling the world, both in word and deed, can they tell, can we tell amongst one another that the kingdom of God is a priority? Because it was for the apostles. It was for Old Testament believers. As they longed for the coming of Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection. Though they had a veil and could only understand so much, they longed for the coming of the Messiah. Ben, you can go ahead and come back up. I want to end with uh, some two, two verses here. Talking about the kingdom of God. <clears throat> First off, one you all may be well aware of. When it's talking about anxiety here in Matthew 6, and what's it say? Matthew 6, 33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Like, whatever this life presents is going to bring out of us what we most prioritize. The kingdom of earth, which is death and destruction and despair, or the kingdom of heaven, which, which spews redemption and reconciliation to those who repent and believe. Like that word doesn't, doesn't mean that you get whatever you want, all these things. It's talking about these, these important, the essential things, right? When you, you literally can look and he says, you see that God feeds the birds. How much more will he care for you? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Not seek first this, this, and then the kingdom of God. No, first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Matthew 10, verse 7. Jesus sent out the apostles here saying this. And proclaim as you go saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He told them, go and proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Church, indeed it is, and we must proclaim by prioritizing it and telling people to repent and believe Jesus is coming back. 
Luke ends this book very anticlimactically. I'm going to read this and give you a final thought. It says, He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. It literally ends there. It's like, Luke, what are you doing? And all these scholars are like, I mean, here's the thing. Luke wasn't writing a biography about Paul. He was writing about the expansion of God's kingdom through God's people and how beautiful that was. And ending so anticlimactically, it is a reminder to us to prioritize the kingdom of God and go and proclaim it to all creation that the kingdom is at hand. And people can see it. They can see it. Jesus has, has made you citizens by faith in Christ Jesus. God has made us citizens of heaven. To go and to proclaim by prioritizing this. Understanding and remembering that it is our home and it is our hope. So church, let's stand and as we wrap this up, let's be thankful. Let's lift up, during this song, let's lift up a prayer of praise to God who's made us citizens. And if you were here today and the only citizenship you can think of is the citizenship you have in America or wherever you were born, let us remember that Christ is King. There's no governor, there's no president that will ever take place or priority over him. We can pretend that all we want, but on the day he comes back, everything will be subject under his feet. He is Lord, and he is Lord of all. This morning, if you don't know him, repent and believe and be reconciled to him. The kingdom of God is a priority. It is at hand, and you must be reconciled to him. And the only way you'll do that is through faith and repentance. There's no work we can leave here doing today that is good enough, holy enough, or just enough. We are to have faith in Christ and Christ alone. Let us proclaim this kingdom for all of our days until he returns or calls us home. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for sending your son to die and, and sending your spirit to draw us to yourself. God, that we are no longer hopeless and helpless. God, that those who are in you and you in us, God, that we can praise you with these new lungs, this new life, and we can go and proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand, telling all of creation to repent and believe. God, I pray that we would do that with grace, with peace, with understanding. God, I pray that we would do that with endurance. As life gets tough and as things just seem to crumble down on us, God, that we would remember that our hope is in Christ alone in the kingdom that we have a hope of future things to come and all things to be restored god i pray that we would be reminded of our citizenship in heaven god for for me to not be lackadaisical in my efforts being comfortable in my throne at home but god remembering that my home is to come it is heaven and it is this kingdom that i ought to proclaim and it's the kingdom that we all ought to proclaim so let us go and be witnesses testifying this week and for the rest of our days that the kingdom is at hand. God, to those who are here and maybe don't know you, God, I pray that you would draw them to yourself, God, that they would repent and believe and today be made citizens of this kingdom. Father, to you and you alone 
You deserve the praise. You deserve the glory. And we worship this morning in spirit and in truth. We pray as we go out this week that we'd be obedient and heed to your word. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing.